Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Our scripture reading for today comes from the Common English Bible, and our first reading is from Joel chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your hearts, with fasting, with weeping, and with sorrow. Tear your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, very patient, full of faithful love, and ready to forgive. Who knows whether he will have a change of heart and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the horn in Zion, demand a fast, request a special assembly. Gather the people, prepare a holy meeting, assemble the elders, gather the children, even nursing infants. Let the groom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Between the porch and the altar, let the priests, the Lord's ministers, weep. Let them say, have mercy, Lord, on your people. Don't make your inheritance a disgrace, an example of failure among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Our next reading is from Acts chapter 14, verses 21 through 23. Paul and Barnabas proclaimed the good news to the people in Derbe and made many disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, where they strengthened the disciples and urged them to remain firm in the faith. They told them, if we are to enter God's kingdom, we must pass through many troubles. They appointed elders for the church. With prayer and fasting, they committed these elders to the Lord in whom they had placed their trust. Our main and final reading for the day is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. And when you fast, don't put on a sad face like the hypocrites. They distort their faces to people so that they will know they are fasting. I assure you that they have their reward. When you fast, brush your hair and wash your face. Then you won't look like you are fasting to people, but only to your Father who is present in that secret place. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, I decided to do fasting as the second in our series about means of grace. Because fasting gets tied in with prayer. And I wanted to make sure that we talked about prayer first. Now, fasting can feel a little daunting. And I think it's because for some of us, not eating feels like a very big thing. And I think it's also one of those things that some of us may feel isn't appropriate for our situation. And so first I want to talk about the act of fasting and focus in on what it means to fast and what our ideas of fasting are. And so with that, I want to look first at the way that Jesus talked about fasting. So Jesus tells us that there's things that we're not supposed to do when we fast. One of those is making yourself look all bent out of shape making it so that you look like you are hurting. Instead, Jesus says make sure that you look normal, that you look good, that you take care of yourself. 
And that the fast is not an outward sign, but an inward sign. And then only, just like prayer, when we talked about it last week, to your Father in secret is your fast truly recognized. I was thinking about this because fasting is one of those things that we often end up leaving out of our practices completely. And I think a big part of it is because it does feel daunting at times to intentionally go without eating. And so I want to open up by saying that I'm going to start with talking about traditional fasts as an abstinence from food. But I'm going to talk later about other ways we can fast. And so there's, there's a lot of different ways you can fast. And people often get hung up on thinking that it's got to be something huge. They want to talk about Jesus fasting for 40 days in the wilderness. And go, well, I can't do that. Well, you know, I don't think anybody that I know could go for a complete and total fast for that long and not struggle or more likely end up in the hospital a short time in. We are called to be like Christ, not to be Christ. Luckily, God doesn't ask us to do anything that extreme. He doesn't demand that we fast for terribly long periods of time just so that we can put ourselves at risk. God's purpose for a fast is not to endanger our lives and force us to suffer. Fasting should always be done in a way that is healthy for you. That's one of the first things that you have to recognize. You can fast for an entire day, a whole day of going without eating, but you can also just go a meal. Say you fast for lunch. And after you eat in the morning, you don't eat again until you break the fast for dinner. And that counts too. Because the point is that you inwardly make recognition that you are abstaining from something with a purpose. Now what does it mean to fast with a purpose? If you just skip lunch and you don't think about why, that's not a fast. That's just missing lunch. Being forgetful is not an act dedicated to God. The difference is how you spend that time and the purpose that you have in it. One of the ways that we could look at it is that if we are fasting with a purpose, part of that should be that we spend some of that time in prayer. That we recognize that we are withholding something from ourselves so that we may grow closer to God. And there's different ways you can do that. You could spend most of it in prayer and reading scripture and taking that time to focus in on that. Even if you are abstaining from eating, God will sustain you. There's also ways that you can take it and turn it into something bigger if you want. And by bigger, I don't mean greater. I just mean going beyond that inward reflection. 
you could take the money that you would have spent on eating and collect it and put back the money that you would have been spending when you fast and donate it to charity. You could recognize the hunger in yourself and recognize that there are those that face it not by choice, not by will, but by necessity. Taking the act of you giving it up freely is also a way to help those that can't do that. And so your act of fasting not only is an act as a way to connect you directly to God, but it's also a way to do God's will and help those who are struggling. Turning your fast into both an inward sign and an outward devotion. I think this is terribly important because fasting can be done individually or it can be done in a group. And we begin to see some other purposes for fasting. In Acts, our reading today shows that when they appointed elders for the church, they prayed and they fasted to commit them. They took that time to be in prayer and to abstain so that they could focus in, not on anything else, but focus in on making sure that they were ready. They took all their focus away from those rituals of eating and comfort, and they took that time to make sure others are prepared to serve. One other example that we get in our readings for today is from the prophet Joel. And returning to God, those that have gone astray return with their hearts prepared for the Lord, turning with their whole heart and fasting as part of their repentance. Instead of being showy, much like Jesus says, God doesn't want them to tear their clothing, but tear your hearts. That might sound a little odd, but to me, it means that you open your heart for something new to enter in. Tear away those things that have been keeping you from God. Abstain from eating so that you may rejoin God. And they do it together as a group, which at first you might say, but Jesus told us to fast in secret. Now, here's the thing. Jesus said it so that you wouldn't be showing off to other people, saying, oh, look at me, I'm fasting. However, if you fast in a group of people and you are all fasting together, you become a support network. You strengthen each other, encourage each other, pray for each other, build each other up in scripture, and do better because of that connectedness. Because we do better when we support each other. Now, maybe it was just a phone call to say that, you know, we are fasting together at this time and I've been praying for you. Maybe it's a text message. It can be almost anything. But that support helps because then you're in a common goal, focusing on each other to focus on God. The entire point of fasting is that you get rid of the distractions and give something up of yourself to make more room for God. Now, we do come to something difficult. 
And that difficulty is that not everybody will feel comfortable with abstaining from food. I know people that have had troubles because they say, well, if I don't eat at all, it's not going to go well for me. My doctor would frown upon it. And now maybe you have to manage your blood sugar. And maybe you're like me, and if you go too long without drinking anything, you can get easily dehydrated, and it impacts you in a very not good way. My solution to you is that you don't always have to do a full abstaining. You don't always have to say, I'm just not going to eat anything. You could set yourself a simple meal. I know that before for Lent, I have decided that I would set up my lunch to be an exact thing. And I would have it every day that was part of my fast. It was just a very small meal. And it was the same meal every day. Enough to get me through that I'd have enough energy to be able to chase after children and keep doing everything that I was doing because it takes energy. Believe me, it can take a lot of energy. But I would go from breakfast to dinner and I'd have my one small meal and I would drink water and reflect upon that meal as something that I was doing as a dedication to God. I would recognize that I eat that small sandwich and I eat this small applesauce and I drink my water and I go about my day knowing that I did it because I'm trying to focus in instead of deciding on what I'm going to eat, instead of snacking away unconsciously, I become aware of my actions. And in doing so, I give up those things that would distract me and think better about how I can connect to God. It's an important thing to be able to do. And too often, we think fasting is too difficult, so we just don't do it at all. And that's a shame. Now, maybe you don't feel comfortable fasting from food. To that I say, okay, I think that a fast can be more than just that. A fast doesn't have to be food. That is the traditional sense of fasting. But I think we can take the idea of fasting and we can expound upon it. When we talk about giving things up for Lent, it's a form of fasting. We can make that part of our weekly life, our daily life. Maybe you want to practice only fasting one day of the week from something. Maybe it's fasting from social media. Maybe it's fasting from radio. Maybe it's fasting from television. Maybe it's fasting from the internet altogether. Maybe it's fasting from the newspaper. Maybe it's not reading, if that is something that you do a lot of. And instead of reading your normal books that you read on a daily basis, you spend the time reading prayer and scripture. In that time you'd normally be watching television, you take that time 
to pray and to study. And I think one of the beautiful things about being able to choose a fast is that we do have to choose something that is important because it signifies something in us that we are choosing to give up. It signifies something that we are willing to let go of to make more room for God. And if it's not important, that it's something that we do on a regular basis. You can't really say you're fasting from alcohol if you never drink. You can't say that you're fasting from television if you don't normally watch television at all. You can't say that you are fasting from your smartphone if you don't own a smartphone. Not being on Facebook is not the same as fasting from Facebook. Not reading a newspaper is not the same as fasting from the news. However, when we take something that is part of our daily life and we remove it for a time, that act of fasting is a conscious decision to not do something we would normally do in order to instead focus on our relationship with God. And that's the true purpose of a fast. Whether it's food or whether it's something else, the point is that you grow in your connectedness. And you know what? Maybe you stay off Facebook for the entire day, and in that time that you'd normally be checking it, you pray for the people that you know. Maybe it's turning the TV off. If you always have it on in the background, just have something on, and you take that time to think about all the people in your life that you're thankful for and all the people you can think of that need help. And you take extra time to pray for them and to pray to God that you will be an instrument of his love and his grace and his mercy. That you may do his will and help those people that you know and help people that you don't know. When we fast in that way, it really does help us to grow. Because it means that we are giving up something of ourselves to let God take up that space within us. And if you wanted to really, really fast, you could take a day and abstain from all of those things. A day where you abstain from all the distractions of life. Abstain from food, abstain from all the little pleasures, abstain from all those things and take a day to be in scripture and to be in prayer, to commune with the Holy Spirit, to recenter yourself because it is an act of sacrifice. And in that act of sacrifice, we are reminded of Christ's sacrifice for us. In that giving up of something, we are reminded of Christ giving up his life for us. And then, when we are in prayer, it reminds us of all that and reminds us to be thankful and gives us a clear focus of what we are thankful for and what our mission is. We can focus in on all the things that Christ taught us and try to be more like that and take the time to remember them.
So my point for fasting is to tell you that if you fast with a purpose and your purpose is to grow connected to God, that God will strengthen you and help you to do it. Whether it's through other people, whether it is through prayer, whether it is just through sheer will that God strengthens you. God will help you do it. I promise. And maybe you take little steps to get used to it. Maybe you pick something and try it out once a week. Maybe you start for a short time. If you're someone who snacks all day, dedicate a period of time in which there will be no snacking, and every time that you think about snacking, you pray instead. And if you're someone who has the TV on all the time, set aside an hour where your TV goes off and the scriptures are opened. And as you fast from those daily things, so that you may reconnect to God. And the neat thing is that when you do this, you find that it becomes easier to do it more often because you find God strengthening you. You find God opening your heart. You find Christ entering in. You find the Holy Spirit there for you. And suddenly fasting doesn't seem so foreign and so daunting. But fasting becomes one of those things that we can do any time to connect to God. So I encourage you to find a way to fast, even if it's something small to start with. A start to a closer relationship with God is always good and always worth it. You will find that it becomes easier as you go. You don't have to worry about being one of those people who can fast for an entire day because God recognizes what each of us is capable of and what each of us can and should do. And God helps us through that. So find a way to fast with a purpose. Find a way to fast so that you can connect your heart more closely to Christ. Fast so that you may find a way that prayer may fill you in ways that you never imagined you would experience. Fast in a way that helps you connect to those outside of your world that you may give to others and that you may help to make the world a better place in God's image by growing closer 